Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And uh, we're just fresh out of uh, BlizzCon this weekend. Yeah, BlizzCon was awesome. Um, We did a Heroes of the Storm brawl. It was called an exhibition match. It was called a celebrity showdown I don't know if it was a match. (laughs) It was more like a beating? (laughs) It was a beating. It It was a savage punch. We got bear punched. I mean, it was cool. I've never played um, any video games in front of... I mean, how many people were live? Probably thousands? Oh, yeah, thousands on the Twitch. And, then and on Twitch, in- I heard there was like thirty to 40,000 people watching. Yeah, there's probably then- a thousand people watching us in the stadium. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just live in the like on stage with literally a thousand people like staring yeah. at you as you play like i've never experienced that before. we had headsets that were daisy chained to each other so we could hear each other it we felt like pro gamers yeah except for the part where we actually play good <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we fulfilled we got like 80 percent of the way there it was cool because every even. time something would happen in the game that the whole crowd would cheer right and like you couldn't hear anything through the headphones, and all of a sudden you just hear this roar of yeah, the like crowd. It was rumble. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, most of the time they were cheering was because <laughs> I was dying. Or yeah, is anytime that I saw my ex- character explode, I heard a cheer, and I was like, I guess that's kind of for me. <laughs> They're cheering at you. Yeah. I Freddie got a couple of poles with stitches, and we heard some like woos. Yeah. So that was yeah. kind of cool. It was um, fun. It was totally fun. Uh, we know, got to de- debut a couple of new characters. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, new map the game yeah what i didn't like though is that i didn't get to pick up my commander 2014 decks on friday because we were at blizzcon yeah i know <laughs> I, uh i still haven't picked mine up because we just got back and I, right after we record this going to get them gotta get them going to get them uh so we're going to continue our review of the decks so far we've done black and green and today we're going to address white and red All the right. aggro colors these yep. are my colors right here uh these decks well I guess we're going to talk about it, but red looks particularly awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think white is really strong, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both have a good identity. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, they they did a really good job, like we said last week, of building around uh, the color theme of the, uh, the mm-hmm. decks. So uh, we'll get more into that. Um, is there anything else we should announce before we just jump in? That, nope, that's a no. That's a no. <laughs> Go out and uh, try and get these commander decks if you can. Uh, remember, mass retail outlets will also have them at MSRP. So yeah, major retailers, major probably retailers. Your best yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna start with the white deck. 
Uh, so, Josh, why don't you tell us what this deck's all about? Okay, so I did this statistical breakdown similar to last episode. Uh, again, it's not comprehensive. I did it quickly, so my numbers may be like one or two off, but they're close. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so the white deck, uh, I listed everything in categories. So it has about three cards that are either Wrath or Mass Removal. It has about four cards that are single target removal. has about five ramp cards uh, that ramp your mana. Five or so card draw cards. Um, then there are 16 cards that make tokens. Baboosh. Yeah. wonder what that's this deck's a big, about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big um, alert of, that this deck is, is trying to do something. Yeah. There's um, one card that has equipment matters. Actually, there's two cards that are equipment matters, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then there's 11 equipment in the deck so that's that's a lot and then there are i wanted to list three creatures with double strike or that grant double strike because i think that also has to do with the equipment yeah so there's really you can sort of think of it as there are five creatures or things that say oh equipment matters right to go along with that 11 uh different equipment so i mean the 16 token generating cards sort of really stand out Mm -hmm. as like hey this is going to be a deck that wants to make a lot of tokens and usually token decks are like going to make a ton of stuff and then attack you with a horde of little dudes yeah. and you can only block a few of them and it's they not overrun enough and they you. overrun you. Yeah, yeah. similar the, to the green deck in that matter. Yeah, exactly. Um, this deck has less sort of mass, like pump all your guys' stuff. And uh, green's obviously better at that than white is in general. But white still has a lot of stuff throughout the history of Magic to pump its whole team. And so it's, yeah. a, little bit, it's a little bit weird they don't have a lot of like, you know... A sanctified charge kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple, but there's not uh, as many as I would expect. Yeah, I think the equipment sort of standing in for some of that, I guess. Yeah, it it feels slightly split because equipment can, of course, only attach to one creature, and you're trying mm-hmm. to make a bunch of creatures with the deck. So I think it's partially because of the the commander options they have in the deck, and also just because it it, it does kind of dilute the deck. I think a little bit. Yeah, but I it also I- gives it a second out because there are some big creatures that you can stack this onto and get in for some big damage. True. Too, you know? I, I, I like. Uh, I think you're exactly right when you say it dilutes it. So, so moving forward, yeah, that's something I would look at. I, I think that in order for the deck to be really good, you have to sort of make a choice. Yeah, and it feels like tokens. You're just closer to with you know right out of the box yeah. this being a token deck than you are to this being an equipment deck. Yeah, and I think equipment is easier to swip around, swip around, swap around to another deck. You can so. swip it around too. <laughs> swip it at people. Yeah, so if you buy another deck and you were like, well, I wish I had some sweet equipment in here. It's like, well, look at this white deck. It's got all these extra equipment that I can play because they're all artifacts. There you go. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Um, okay, so do we want to talk about the commanders that come? Yeah, with let's the deck? Uh, let's start off in alphabetical order with Jazal Goldmane, uh, two and two white for four total CMC, legendary creature, cat warrior. A lot of cats actually. I think white is a uh, definitely a cat cat tribal deck. Shout out or, to our friend Erica who loves cats. Meow. Uh, and it's a 4-4 with first strike, and it has 3 and 2 white in uh, activated ability. A Katan creatures you control get plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of attacking creatures. A Katan creatures, I a like that. A Katan creatures, yeah. Because they're cats. Get Kitties it. all over the place. That's um, not bad. It's an, it's an overrun on his actual character that costs one more than his casting cost. So you will definitely be able to do this to turn after you cast him uh, if you are playing on, you know, on ramp, I guess. Yeah, you could even do it if you had a lot of mana the turn that you cast him, because yeah. he costs four, and then for another five, you can give all your stuff, like, pump it huge. Yeah. I think this is... We're going to talk about the rest. Um, well, let's let's read Nahiri next, actually, just because... Yeah, definitely. I think this is the choice between the two legendary creatures you want to go with uh, to helm the deck. 
Mm-hmm. So Nahiri, the Lithomancer, she's a planeswalker, um, three and two white for a three loyalty planeswalker. Um, she can be your commander. Her plus two is put a one one white soldier creature token onto the battlefield, and you may attach any equipment you control to it. Ooh. So this Dang. is similar. I mean, Nahiri looks exactly like the Stoneforge Mystic. I yeah, think. I think they're in the same clan. Uh, or maybe she the... just is the same person. Either way, yeah, it's similar, but you can't go. It's not as broken. You can't go search your deck for it. <laughs> yeah. So it's. I mean, but this is still great because there is some equipment that costs six to equip. Or whatever, yeah, true. So. Yeah, and you you can break it because as we know, cheating mana costs. Yeah, uh, always is a important. way to break magic, and so it has to be on the battlefield under your control. But then you equip for free. Uh, her minus two is you put an equipment card from your hand or your graveyard onto Ooh, the battlefield. That's solid. Yeah, that's pretty good. So now you can minus two her to put something expensive on, and mm. then the next turn minus plus, plus two her to equip it. To equip it, yeah. yeah. So that's cheating mana cost cost twice. Now you are equipping it onto a one one white chorus soldier token. True, but, true. You know, if there's there's some equipment that doesn't matter who it's equipped to, it just needs to be able to swing and deal combat damage, like the sword series. You know. Yep, exactly. Um, and then her minus ten. So you've got a. Plus two or a bunch of times. Uh, put a colorless equipment artifact token named Stoneforged Blade onto the battlefield. It has indestructible, and it says equipped creature gets plus five, plus five, and has double strike, and you can equip it for zero. So it keeps with the equip theme that... It creates you... a super equipment. Yeah, super equipment. Like, it's think if that was a card. Indestructible. Oh, no, no, the, uh, the, car- the equipment is indestructible. Yeah. But double yeah. strike plus five, plus five is huge. And it equips for zero. Yeah. Like, if that was a card, that would be, like, a crazy broken card <laughs> yeah. because it's, like, yeah, you... I don't know what the casting cost would be, but it gives double strike plus five, plus five, and it equips for zero? Yeah, that's pretty intense. And you can pretty much never get rid of it. Yeah. Um, but for an ultimate that costs negative 10? Yeah. If you count it out, it's, she's going to go three to five, seven, nine, eleven. So it's going to take you four turns to get And her then there. on the fifth turn, you have to alter. Yeah. So. But you won't die from it. If she hasn't been touched a single time, which That's is true. definitely not going to happen, someone's going to swipe at her or, I don't know, lightning bolt at her. <laughs> they could do any number of things to take that number down. I mean, um, we've said this before. I don't think you can play these any of the Planeswalkers. You can't play them because of their ultimate. Yeah, absolutely. You have to look at it like, well, if I get that ultimate, it'll be awesome, but I have to sort of assume I'm not going to and yeah. then say, well, is the card still good if I don't use the ultimate? Mm-hmm. And this card's still pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, the last option for deck uh, for the commander is Kemba, Ka Regent, who is one and two white, so for three total, it's a 2-4 Cat Cleric. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a 2-2 white Cat Creature token onto the battlefield for each equipment attached to Kemba, Ka Regent. So this is, like we said, the deck is a little bit um, disjointed. There's two ways to go. There's tokens and there's equipment, and right now it's sort of split down the middle, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more, leaning more towards token. But if you decided to make the deck into an equipment deck, Kemba would be your best choice as yeah, commander. definitely. And Kemba does make tokens, so it's not completely outside. It's just... She's definitely playable in the deck, especially yeah. if you get her and Nahiri out, and then you can just start swinging some equipment onto her. Um, and we're not going to advocate like totally changing the deck. Yeah. You know, like I think most people they want to get the deck, they want to sort of make a few cosmetic changes, and then over time change it a lot. Mm-hmm. So at first, it's going to be really hard to just take out all the equipment, take out Kemba, totally go token. That just requires a massive makeover. Yeah, so, definitely. So yeah, I, I think Jazal to me is the one that I would use. Yeah, I agree. Um, just because I mean. I think his ability to give you overrun in a deck that doesn't necessarily have it out of the box is really important too because that's going to be a big win condition if you're able to put all those tokens on the battlefield outside of like... Because if you're not doing commander damage, 
then the whole equip one guy and make him really big isn't as effective because now you have to do 40 instead of 21. That's a really good point, too. If you have Nahiri, you can't do commander damage, right? Yeah. A Planeswalker can't attack anybody, so they can't do commander damage. Right. Someone like Kemba definitely can. Yeah. But you'd really have to build around her to make that effective. Then if... I think you take out a lot of the token generation and you put in more equipment mm-hmm. and, and... And cards like Nahiri and Stoneforge yeah. Mystic. Yeah, and, and then... You know, you're more of an equipment deck, but Stoneforge Mystic is a really expensive card, so we yeah, can't even talk true. about that one. <laughs> uh, well, we can talk about it. We just, you know, <laughs> dreams. So Jazal, yeah, I think is well. If you're playing a token deck, there's going to be two things you need. You're going to need a lot of tokens, and then you're going to need something to pump them. So yeah, you're going to want to pick something for your general, for your commander that does at least one of those things. Mm-hmm. And since Nahiri makes one one tokens, but that one a turn, I don't think she really counts as a big token generator. No, definitely not. So the, our best choice, I think, for one of those stages, pump or create tokens, is Jazal because he's got a big pump spell. Yeah, I'd love to play Jazal and then have Nahiri in the... I would love to draw Nahiri. Yeah. I think that's a lot more effective. Yeah, totally agree. So moving forward, we're going to recommend Jazal as your front man for the yeah. deck. Although I'm sure a lot of people will want to play Nahiri because it's sexy to use the planeswalkers as the commander and i totally get it and yeah you know it's I not mean, gonna try get... it out i mean yeah maybe maybe we're wrong who knows true. maybe there's some some Wait, interactions what? here that oh right we're never wrong <laughs> only Wait, when we play rewind. heroes of the storm oh man then we're <laughs> never right also uh Giselle has the best uh surname of Goldmane. uh also my good friend a johnny oh yeah there you go oh is it like a johnny's long Lost brother. I don't actually doesn't don't have know. to be long lost. They're both cats though, so they do have that in common. They look similar. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> okay. Um. So, oh, we've got the two. We've got the lieutenant cycle. Do you want to read that one? Yes. So the lieutenant cycle, if you guys remember, is a new keyword that Wizards introduced in Commander 2014 that uh, is based on whether or not you have your commander and you control your commander. So that means someone else hasn't stolen them. They're in play on your battlefield. Uh, Angelic Field Marshal is the white version of it. It's 2 and 2 white for a 3-3 with flying, and it says Lieutenant, as long as you control your commander, Angelic Field Marshal gets plus 2, plus 2, and creatures you control have Vigilance. So second part of that I really like. Creatures you control have Vigilance. Um, There are a lot of cards, though, that do that for, like, 2 white. And do something else. like And something else, like Brave the Sands even from cons. Yeah, there's uh, Intangible Virtue that gives all your creatures plus one, plus one, plus one, and Vigilance. All your tokens, but, you know, you're And that's not contingent on something like having a commander out in play. When I first read this card, I thought it gave plus two, plus two, and Vigilance to all your creatures, because the green one gives plus two, plus two, and Trampled to all your creatures. Yeah, yeah. And when I reread it and noticed, oh, it, it itself gets plus two, plus two, but it doesn't grant it to your team. Yep. It only gives vigilance to your team. It's like, uh, yeah. I mean, you just usually don't care if all your tokens have vigilance or not. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, because you've got a certain amount of tokens and everybody else has way less creatures. Yeah. And so you don't you, need to swing. You know, if someone has five creatures and you have 20 tokens, you all swing with 15. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can usually, if you have to, hold a couple back if you really need to defend. And most yeah. of the time you don't care about that and you're just swinging with all of them. And it doesn't matter if they're tapped or not. So, yeah. This card's okay. I, there's other decks that can go in. You know, that uh, mm-hmm. Derivi deck I was talking about a couple episodes ago with Stasis and stuff. This this card's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Because you just don't want your guys to tap because it's hard to untap. Yeah. So. It's uh, it's an okay. I, I don't think it's the best one by far. Uh, I still like the green one a lot. Yeah, so I far think, of the ones we've talked about, I, I think green's the best one. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then we have the offering cycle or the group hug cycle. And these are the these are the cards that um, you can give yourself a benefit and one or two opponents benefit. 
Correct. This one's called Benevolent Offering. It's three and a white for an instant. I think Ooh. the other two we talked about were sorcerers. Sorcerer speed, yeah. Yeah, and this says, choose an opponent. You and that player each put three 1-1 one, one white spirit creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield. So you and opponent each good. get a triplicate spirit, basically. Yeah. And then choose an opponent. You gain two life for each creature you control, and that player gains two life for each creature he controls. Well... We don't really love life gain spells in general. Right. It's tacked on to another effect that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking about, if you cast this on an empty board and you had to choose the same person, you would both gain uh, six life. Mm-hmm. And, and both get three spirits. And get three spirits, yeah. So that's a actually... better thing to do on an empty board is give somebody three spirits and then choose another person to gain life zero. so they gain yeah. zero and you gain six. Yeah, exactly. It's still like, it's okay. I mean, there's a token deck, so the way you want to play it is you do it and it gives you... You know, 30 life or whatever, 40, 50. Yeah, exactly. You've already got 20 dudes out, and so you gain 100 life. We've talked about this in the very first episode. Life gain in Commander is way less powerful because of Commander damage. Yeah. So you can be at 1,000 life. You can be at an arbitrary amount of life, you know, 17 billion life, and they still hit you for 21 Commander damage, and you're dead. Or they just go infinite. Yeah, or they go infinite. There's so many different win conditions. Yeah, so life gain, the life gain part really... I think it's like almost worthless. Yeah, I like this as a weird battle trick. If someone's swinging at someone and it's like they could die, you know, you could be like, oh. hey, look, I'm going to send you some blockers. I didn't think about this. This is a good idea. And you owe me next turn or whatever. Or you, or you just help. know, like, or you just know, yeah. they're going to crack back at the person who tried to kill them. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you're actually making, like, they somebody thinks they're going to finish somebody off, and all of a sudden they're in this really life and right. death struggle. And, and you're they, sitting there on the sidelines going, well, whoever win, whoever uh, wins that, I still win. Yeah. I really like the idea that of giving someone else tokens because there's a lot of self-token generation. If someone has mana up, you're not going to just swing at them thinking that nothing could potentially happen. But if the other person's tapped out and they're like, ah, whatever, I'm going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, no, I am benevolently offering, offering you, you some <laughs> spirits. <laughs> it's. I wish it had the ability to create more stuff. Like, think of the yeah. green one. The green one has an X in its casting cost. And so if you draw it later in the game, oh yeah, you can just create 20 elves. This one, there's no... There's no big upside. Yeah. Um, so if you draw it later, it's like, I don't know. It feels like three one one white flyers isn't going to do much for you. Yeah, exactly. And if you're playing a game of conspiracy, life. it would. I'd yeah. be so stoked about that. So um, I'm kind of down on this card. I agree. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of it. I, I would look to replace it at some point. It does make tokens, so early on you can keep it in because it's with your theme. But yeah, you know there are way more powerful token creating cards than this than this card. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the best cards. Yeah, because uh, when we say it, it makes tokens, we're just kind of making excuses for it. Because when cards like Nomad's Assembly exist, yeah, this that's is one a of card those... that makes tokens. Yeah, exactly. It don't make no three tokens. <laughs> yeah, it scoffs at three tokens. Yeah, it's a four and two white six total for a sorcery. Uh, put a one one white core soldier creature token on the battlefield for each creature you control. Dang. And then to make then it to even, because that wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough. Uh, rebound. If you cast this spell from your hand, exile it as it resolves. At the beginning of your next upkeep, you may cast this card from exile without paying its mana cost. Whoa! It doubles you twice. <laughs> it doubles you twice. Yeah. So if you have, let's just say it's modest, you have six tokens out. Right. It makes six, and then during your next upkeep, you now have twelve. It makes twelve. So you went from six to twenty-four. Yeah. Over two turns, and that's a modest amount for this deck. Yeah, that's insane, I yeah. think. Um, I really like this. Uh, I think Rebound is so awesome in this case. Um, it's asking to be countered, of course, because it's six mana. But And, it's and you can speed. get a little bit, like, you do it, and then somebody wraths, and then your upkeep comes, and you can cast it for free, but you have zero creatures, so it's going right. to make zero. Right. So 
you can be gotten. You just have to pick your spot with it, but the effect can be literally game winning. Yeah, it's that's so huge. And then if you have Nazal out or Jazal, you have yeah. twenty four people that can now swing for whatever. It's like oh gosh, you just win at that point. Yeah, like, exactly. This is one of those cards you play it, and then you're like, okay, nobody has an answer. I'm gonna win. Yeah. So hope, hope you have an answer. Yeah. What it is. Um, the next one feel like we've been talking about a lot is skull clamp uh it just goes so well in a token deck because yeah. it's just it, it reads one mana draw two cards yep and uh you don't care about losing a token or two the only thing you have to be careful of is giving your tokens anthem effects and making them without uh outside of the anthem uh, outside of the skull clamp reach yeah and we've talked about that also which is like in general in token decks you don't want to pump everything until you're going to win yeah so usually you're like concentrating early game on just getting a lot of tokens but mm -hmm. not pumping them and then when you're about to swing for the win that's when you pump them so yeah. the skull clamp's actually helping you in that area where you're trying to get the cards you need skull clamp is still amazing though because let's say you do draw it late game um and your board's been wiped it's great you get a restart you don't need to worry about cards like celestial crusader or whatever that gives your creatures plus one plus one mm -hmm, you can mm -hmm. get, get it get the engine going again and then draw into your wins you know it's true think of it with nahiri Oh yeah, you plus tour, and you can equip it for free. So it's not you don't even have to pay the one to draw the two cards. Oh wow, yeah. She just reads plus That's two, really good. draw two cards, which is um, pretty good if skull clamps out. Yeah, pretty good. Um, you want to talk about the next one though, because skull clamp is old old news. We've talked about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. Uh, oh, comeuppance. Yeah, this card is a is... cool one. Mm -hmm. I, at first, this is, this is not generally the type of effect that I like. Really, for once, it's one time. Right. I mean, for one, it's one time only. It, it almost reads like a fog effect, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wait, this can really be a one-sided board wipe. Yeah, it's an ulti battle trick. Yeah, it's a three and a white for an instant. I'm going to paraphrase, but it says, prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and planeswalkers you control. And then instead, each creature that would deal damage to you deals d that much damage to itself. <laughs> or any spells that would deal damage to you deal that much damage to their controller. Well, it's if damage from, yeah, non if it's prevented... It is um, prevented because yeah. comeuppance prevents it. Yeah, so exactly. It basically for one turn makes you invincible mm -hmm. from damage. Um, and you get your comeuppance. And all of that stuff rebounds onto the stuff that's hitting you. So yeah. it's like it's like if you got attacked with like four 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 creatures, you play comeuppance, all four of those four four creatures are gonna die. Yep. The and only you case, won't take any damage. The only case where they don't die is if they're like four fives. Yeah. They just do four of themselves. Yeah. Um, which is rare, but it, it, it might come it up. It happens. But I feel like if so it seems like it's just a great defense against the meta of the other decks, specifically the green one, mm -hmm. or any or any just kind of token generation decks, or even the, itself, you know, that make things with a like coat of arms or whatever. Like because fifteen, fifteen, fifteen swing at you is not that scary when you have comeuppance in your hand. Or like Kiki Jiki going infinite, Splinter Twin going infinite. Right. A lot of that are are predicated on attacking you with an arbitrary amount of some things mm -hmm. or one thing that's arbitrarily large. Yeah. So it's sort of like deflecting palm that way, but it works. Deflecting palm only works if one big thing's hitting you. Yeah. But this works with any number of things hitting you. Yeah. Including well, spells. Yeah. So if someone so, likes like I, uh, I don't know, fireball make, you for forty. That happens. You make infinite mana. Fireball everybody for a hundred. You know or fireball everybody for a thousand you yeah. can be like okay but i live and you die you know <laughs> it's kind of funny if someone goes infinite with kiki jiki and like makes a thousand uh pestermites or something yeah pestermites and he swings so like okay 500 you 300 you and you're like haha everyone's gonna die but me yeah and this kiki jiki so player. i just won thank you <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 edh really works that way where like somebody does some big infinite combo and they kill everyone but this actually can really yeah win it just can win you the game in those instances yeah and plus if you play this one time in your play group they have to be scared of it every time every time yeah they they have to play around it so it really hampers them 
Because if they make infinite pestermites, they're going to be like, what are you at? So they have to swing at you with enough that would kill you kill but you. won't kill them. And sometimes it's like... that. Eh, well, it yeah, really it would kill you up. but leave their board big enough that you couldn't swing back and kill them or whatever. Right. Unless so. they're casting a spell. In that case, they have to be really careful because otherwise they're just losing their creatures. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, I like this card a lot. Yeah, um, I do too. Um, next up is Containment Priest. And this has been making splashes as well uh, because... A, it costs less than three mana. It's two mana, and it means it can be played in a lot of other formats. Yeah, people are talking legacy playable for this one. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but in any case, it is interesting. Yeah, it's one in the white for a creature that has flash. It's a 2-2, two, two, and if a non-choking creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so it, the reason it says non-token creatures is because you can play like uh, triplicate spirits and a token enters the battlefield, but you can, you're still technically casting something to make right. it happen. It also doesn't stop Kiki Jiki and right. Splinter Twin and things like that. So it's a little downside, but it does stop like flicker effects. Mm-hmm. It does stop all this cheating of, you know, Quicksilver Amulet, Aether Vial, uh, Birthing Pod, anything, these effects that, that cheats up into play. Anything that cheats tooth up into play. Yeah, Tooth and Nail, um, uh, Quicksilver Amulet, Show and Tell, uh, Sneak Attack. There's a million of these, and they're very powerful, and they're used in EDH a lot. Yeah. Uh, because what do we always talk about? Cheating the cost of things uh, is one of the most broken things you can do in Magic. Maybe the most broken thing you can yeah. do in Magic is to you know, find a loophole in the mana cost of yep. something. And so something that stops that, especially since white itself is not particularly good at cheating the mana cost of something. Right. Like a mono-white deck isn't going to even want to try and do that stuff. It just doesn't have those type of cards. So... You know, this is going to depend on your meta. I don't think it's mm-hmm. an automatic include, but if you have a couple of prominent decks that are cheating stuff out, cheating big creatures out, uh, then it can be it can just totally hose them. Yeah, I really like this. It's flash too. You can do it. You can basically speed. counter something. Yeah, it's it's two mana to counter something, and then once this guy hits the battlefield, it stays that way. Um, our friend Eli, who also edits this podcast, uh, has a card in his Prosh deck that essentially puts out all of the Eldrazi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Containment Priest would kill, would exile every single one of those None cards. None of them would ever hit the battlefield. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for two mana, too, which is, that's that's the important thing, is that you can do it for a cheap amount, and it just gets out there. Uh, the last card under best cards is Mentor of the Meek. So good. This is a really good card, yeah. And especially because it, it does something white's very bad at. Yep. So it's two and a white for a 2-2 creature. Whenever a creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay one colorless mana. If you do, draw a card. Right. So it's card draw, and you're putting tokens out. So think of like Nomad's Assembly. Yeah. You cast it, it puts six dudes out, seven dudes out, and then you can just pay as many colorless as, as you, you want. As you have, and you draw that many cards. Yeah, so up to you know as many creatures as mm-hmm. it created. But you don't have to draw the full amount either. You yeah. just be like, eh, I'll just draw three or four. The important thing about this card, too, is that it's, it doesn't say non-token. Right. And this is a deck with right. tokens, and you're going to be pumping out so many guys. And all your tokens with... are going to be power two or less. Yep. So it's very powerful, and again, it's... White just doesn't have a lot of card draw engines. Yeah. So you need to really play the ones that you do have, and this is one of the better ones. Yeah, I definitely I like this a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, do we want to talk about some of the cards we think are bad? <laughs> yeah. The worst cards. We should not just spend we shouldn't spend too much time on this because they are bad. Uh Brave the Elements. Oh uh, yeah. Instant for one and in, for one white. Uh just one total. Instant. Choose a color. White creatures you control gain protection from the chosen color until end of turn. I this seems, seems good. good. It seems good. Does not stop a board wipe. Doesn't do anything against a board wipe, which is your biggest fear in a token deck because yeah. you make a, you know eighty tokens and if somebody board wipes, you're just back to square one. Yeah. And then also like I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, 
but I'll make my guys unblockable and then I'll just kill them. Listen, you can only pick one color for one thing. Yeah. And a lot of decks running multicolor, so you won't they'll still be able to block some of your stuff. Also, like if you're in a token deck and you're worried about their blockers, you are and doing it doing wrong. Doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should just have so many guys, it doesn't matter. You yeah, know? you're going wide here. Yeah. You're not trying to make uh, your guy unblockable like in a Rafik deck or whatever. You're right. trying to, you're hitting them with so much that they put their entire army in front of it and you still have 50 things on both sides that are still rushing in at you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. this card's just really, I think it's really, really bad. It would be, it maybe be good if you put Kemba at the helm and you just had mm-hmm. to protect him. Even then, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm just her. trying to think of like the the weird border cases when you're going to use this on defense instead of offense and when it might Seems matter randomly weird. Yeah. yeah i mean maybe if you like need to stop another token like a green token that from overrunning you you block them all i don't know i don't know i really have no idea yeah i nope don't like it take it out take it yeah, out peeps. take it out the next one is sky hunter skirmisher this is uh one and two white for a one one cat knight that's three mana for a one one it's it, a cat knight, though. Yeah, it's I don't a think there's any cat knights out there. <laughs> it has flying and double strike. That's it. If you're waiting for more, <laughs> if you're waiting for more, that's it. I was literally holding my breath. I was <laughs> what waiting. What else does it have? Uh, nothing. I don't know. Nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. This card it seems rather worthless. I know it's in this deck because of equipment. Yeah. But there's just so many better cards. Like Flicker Wisp is a million times better than this card. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and not particularly good in this deck, but at least it's a three-one for the same amount. Yeah. The double strike just to me is not worth it because, and then it creates the need for another card to make it good. And even then, it's just like mm, mediocre. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it it doesn't really do it for me. There's it lots doesn't of do enough. Yeah, especially at that like that level of mana cost. There's so many great three drops that you want to be playing instead. Um, which leads us to our next terrible card. White Mane Lion. One in the white. 2-2 two, two, flash. When White Mane Lion enters the battlefield, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. There are decks that want this card. There's Animar decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Flicker decks. Well, Animar a... can't even play this, but Flicker decks. Yeah, yeah. Rune. Sorry. Um, but, but decks that want to continuously recast their things because yeah. they have some sort of enter the battlefield effects. You notice when I did the statistical breakdown of the white deck, there's not a category that I listed that says cards with enter the battlefield effects because yeah, there's only there's, a couple. There's only a couple. And they're really expensive. And they're good. Like they're Twilight good. Shepherd is awesome, but yeah. it's just... You really only need to play Twilight Shepherd once. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just, if you only have three cards in your deck that this card affects, yeah. it's not worth playing it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so... Definitely out of here, white main lion. Get out. Yeah, get out. Get, get out of here. My, get off my lawn. Yeah. Mentor of the Meek says, get out of here. He doesn't like you. Yeah. Mentor of the Meek's like, I am way better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Mentor of the Meek's kind of a jerk. He is, but, but he draws he's, me cards, so he's he not deserves a jerk. it. He's so cool. <laughs> Man, I added him into the cards I think you should add, and then realized he's actually in the deck. I'm like, well, there you go. Perfect. You're like, Wizard agrees with me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this deck is very similar to the the deck we talked about in Deck Tech Daydreams. Um, so make sure you guys check out that episode. I think it was episode 17 where we talked about that, because uh, there are some cards that we won't mention today that do fit very well into this deck as well. Yeah, that's a really good point, because we talked about a mono white token deck that Jimmy wanted to build. So we talked about a bunch of cards that would work in here. We're going to mention yeah. a few really quick um, how convenient there's one it's a little over the five dollar limit that we usually set for ourselves when we're discussing cards uh we don't like to talk about cards that are really expensive it's just not attainable for most people what yeah. we're looking to help you do here is buy this this deck take it out of the box and then for less than twenty dollars be able to improve it quite a bit yeah and and here's the thing like you you want to you don't want to buy one thirty dollar card you'd rather rather buy six five dollar cards because one thirty dollar card just won't affect 
enough games to really be worth it. You're not going to see it very often, yeah. Yeah, because how often are you going to draw that one card? It's not Mm -hmm. that often. So if you can uh, instead replace a bunch of these cards with, you know, 15 $1 cards, that's going to really affect, you know, you're going to see one or two of those cards every time you play the deck. Yeah, exactly. But there is one card. One card I want to talk about. It's, it's worth seven dollars. No, it's a little more now. Oh crap! But it's it's Josh. It's a worth Chroma's it. Memorial is the card. Um, do you want to read it? Yeah, it's a seven drop artifact. May seem like a lot, but creatures you control have count them. Flying, first strike, vigilance, trample, haste, and protection from black and red. That's seven effects for seven mana. It's crazy. And oh my gosh. And the one we really care about is haste. Haste. Because token decks want to do this thing where they suddenly dump out like a hundred tokens literally onto the board. Yeah. And then swing with them in that same turn because they don't want to give a rotation of the table, uh, give everybody a chance to to board wipe. Yep. So And very rarely do you see haste effects in white. Yeah, it's really hard for white to get haste effects. Yeah, exactly. You know, that red's the king of that. Green has a little. White has basically none, and you have to go to artifacts. And there's not a lot of artifacts that give your whole team haste. Mm -hmm. So this thing is, I think it's, if in order for the deck to be really good, you really need this card in it. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do it right away, but at some point, if you want to keep working on this deck, I feel like a Chroma's Memorial has to be a piece. Yeah, and the protection tube is amazing. Yeah. Um, the fact is also your tokens need to not only be able to swing for the win, but they need to get through. The so flying, flying and vigilance yeah. and trample are very important as well. So a Chroma's Memorial, just overall, baller card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I like this next one. Soul of Theros. Uh, this is a card that came out in M15. Has seen a little bit of uh, standard play, actually, too. Uh, it's a six drop, and the Soul series, if you remember, you they have the same activated ability, but you can do it once from the graveyard and exile that card, or you can do it as many times if it's alive and on the battlefield. So Soul of Theros is uh, four and two white for a six six with vigilance, and creatures you control get plus two plus two and gain first strike and lifelink until end of turn. Sweet, first very strike. Sweet. First sweet. strike is very nice too, um, especially if they're. Tra- I mean, here's the thing: is like. You won't always be able to do the full overrun win where you drop 100 things and go all at once. Sometimes you need to be able to win a more middle game where maybe you've been wiped a couple of times and you only have 10 guys out in the battlefield. But if those guys all have first strike... And plus two, plus two? Yeah, they're going to be able to get in for a lot of damage. They're going to be able to get through a lot of blockers as well. Doesn't it give them lifelink? Yes. So... And like we don't like life gain, but we don't mind incidental life gain. Mm-hmm. See that it can matter. It's not that life gain can't ever matter. It's just that it doesn't matter enough right. to only do that. But if something has some, it does all these two things, and it gives you some life. That life is worth something. So I think the life link is, you know, it, it's reasonable to sort of affect the game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So. Um, yeah, I think that card's great because, again, and he's a dude. Like, and you, yeah, and you can do it every turn if you have him up. Yep. That's the nice thing. Yep. It's not a single one-time effect. Um, the next card, Mind's Eye. We've talked about this one before. It's a five-costed artifact, so five colorless. Whenever an opponent draws a card, you may pay one. If you do, draw a card. So it's like Mind's Eye, but for other people drawing cards. Yeah. Or, sorry, it's like a Mentor of the Meek. Mm-hmm. Instead of when a creature enters, it's when everybody else draws a card. Um, White just doesn't have much card draw. Yeah. And this is one of the better ones that you can get from artifacts, and you just need more card draw spells. This is not the only one. This is just one of the better ones. So uh, I would go and probably try and add two, three, maybe four cards that draw you more cards Yeah. Uh, in this deck. Next up is Micaeus the Lunark. Uh, oh, Micaeus. Yeah, this card is... I can't believe it's not an expensive card because it's so sweet. Uh, it's X and a white for a 0-0. Zero, zero. And as you might expect, he enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. 
you can tap him to put a plus one plus one counter on himself, or more importantly, you can tap him, remove a plus one plus one counter from Micaiah, put a plus one plus one counter on each other creature you control. Ah! <laughs> That's uh, it can get out of hand so yeah, fast. Yeah, it can get out of hand. Yeah, go two turns in the chaos, and you've got a permanent plus two plus two on everyone. It's pretty intense. Yeah, and you notice like in the green deck, we were uh, advocating taking out some of the pump spells and putting in more creature creating spells. This mm-hmm. one has a lot of token creating spells, and so we're, but very few pump spells. So we're advocating taking out some of the equipment and putting in more pump spells, a few more pump spells because. Yeah. You know, you're going to get a lot of tokens, but you're probably going to need to pump your team uh, at least one time to kill everybody. So, yeah, yeah. coat of arms still works, Mm -hmm. uh, those type of effects. I mean, that's definitely a card you should add in as well. Yeah. Um, One thing I wanted to say was, we've talked about this before, but this this deck, even more than the rest, needs Thrawn Dynamo, Guild of the Lotus, Mind Stone. In fact, I would say keep the the diamond, the marble diamond, Mm -hmm. into this, just because white is not good at ramping. Yeah. So it needs artifact help in that area. Like... I just don't think an EDX an EDH deck can be really great unless it has a certain amount of ramp possibility. Yeah. And right now the the deck only comes with five pieces and I think that's just woefully inadequate. So I would add five, six, maybe seven more yeah. things. Do whatever you can. Yeah, that, that add ramp. So yeah. even bad ones would be worth something in this deck, you know. So Yeah, agreed. Um oh and you put one on here that I think is really good is Mass Calcify. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's that's uh, your be- that's your best board wipe you could ask for. This is White's Cyclonic Rift, and mm-hmm. Cyclonic Rift is like one of the best spells in all of EDH. It's uh, five and two white for a sorcery. Destroy all non-white creatures. It's a one-sided board wipe. Although you have to think some people Someone may be playing white, white but it's going to destroy most other things, yeah, and, and it will destroy nothing of yours. Yeah, and if you're trying to overrun someone, just even if you're taking out half their force, yeah. it's going to help you out that much more in the long run. Uh, same with a card like Devout Invocation, six in the white for a sorcery. Tap any number of untapped creatures you control. Play a four-four white angel creature token with flying on the battlefield for each creature tapped this way. If you have a Chroma's Memorial out, I pretty much guarantee if you play Devout Invocation, you win the yeah. game. Yeah, it's just the it's like upgrade. Yeah. Oh, all <laughs> my guys become four-four flyers, and if I can attack with them right now, I probably just win. Yeah, uh, pretty yeah. solid. The white deck looks good. I think, you know, it needs some work. I would take out a lot of that equipment. I would put in a few more token generators and a few more things that pump guys. And yeah. then then I think it's strong. I mean, I have a deck. It's got green in it uh, and red also, but it's still a token deck. Yeah. And token decks are really powerful. Mm-hmm. I would really, uh, uh, I would lay the cards out as well and see what their casting cost is and when you're going to be able yeah. to cast certain things and make sure that you're not too much on the high end. Because a lot of these cards, like Chroma's Memorial, have a high casting cost. If you can't, you won't be able to play like two things in a turn that could win you the game, essentially. You have to make sure that you are able to sequence your spells, right? So. And white has real trouble just generating a lot of things that make mana. So yeah. that a lot of other colors, they can be on turn eight or nine and be like the ability to pump out like 20 mana. White just usually doesn't have that. So yeah, it's really smart to um, pay attention to your curve when you're building the deck. Yes, sir. For white specifically. Okay, let's move on to your favorite, Jimmy. My favorite. This is I- your moment. This is my moment. That's a Rebecca Black song. It always gets stuck in my head when someone says, this is your moment. Thank you. You want to sing some more of it? No, I don't. That's it. (laughs) I have embarrassed myself enough for this weekend at BlizzCon, so... (laughs) <laughs> uh, we can't tell we got destroyed. Yeah, we got destroyed. We, we can't, in front of like fifty thousand people. We literally can't mention stream. it enough. Yeah, how yeah. badly we got wrecked. Yeah. I was looking at a replay. I think the level was like nineteen to fifteen. They were like four levels up on us at one point. I think we only got one kill to twenty three <laughs> kills for them in the last yeah. game. So yep. we did reach level six before they reached level five. Oh, 
everyone listening is like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Hey, just go look up the replays of Heroes of the Storm. Wait. Don't. Don't Why? do that. Yeah, don't do it. Don't just do that. Take, it from, take it for what we've given it to you. Go as. watch somebody else play Heroes of the Storm, though. It's a cool yeah, game. It's a cool game. Yeah, yeah, don't watch yeah. us play. That's don't all. Don't watch us play, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah all right, Mono the red, red deck. This is my deck. I may I may convert my Norn the deck, Norn the Wary deck one more time. Wow. From Kiki Jiki to Norn the Wary to Doretti. Wow. You were wow. you're you're feeling more of the Felden, but let's talk about the red deck. Yeah, let's get some uh, let's, let's get some it. notes. Okay, so I did the statistical breakdown. Here we go: Wrath and Mass Removal. There are four cards. Single Target Removal. There's really only one, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, there are about six ramp cards. Only four card draw cards, which that's a worry. Uh, there are thirty-seven artifacts. Boosh. Bow. That tells you. Pretty much everything you need to know right there. <laughs> there are six cards that create artifacts. Mm-hmm. There's artifact recursion or things that say you want artifacts to die, basically. There are nine of those. But the artifacts don't care if they die. They just, you know. Well, in this deck. Yeah, they just crumple away. And they then feelings. But there's it, this deck wants you to put artifacts into the graveyard oh, and bring yeah. them out. Um, and then there are cards with enter the battlefield effects or effects that say when it dies. There are... 13 of those. Now, obviously, Jeez. those numbers don't add up because some of the artifacts are things with Enter the Battlefield mm-hmm. or things that want to die. But Yeah. Um, and some of the Enter the Battlefield things are not artifacts. They're just like, hey, make some more goblins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this list tells us exactly what this deck wants to do. It's very artifact-heavy. It wants to use those artifacts, effects repeatedly by sacrificing them, bringing them back, reoccurring them, uh, you know, copying them, yeah. sacrificing them again, making them again, like just getting value off of artifact uh, triggers and things like that. It's it looks very powerful too. Yeah, let's not kid around. This I think this is the most powerful of, of all the decks by far. Yeah, um, I think so. It's got also the most value. It's got some awesome reprints in there. Um, I, I mean, me being red has me ecstatic, and there's no way like changing my opinion to like this more. This deck really, I think, is just the best to have all five. It's cool, though, too, because you have a really strong mono-red deck, and I, red mm-hmm. gets a bad rap. It's thought of sort of as the weakest color in EDH for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, but this is another totally different way than you built your deck yeah. to go, so it's pretty interesting. It's really cool. All right, let's uh, talk, let's about, talk the three. about the commanders. Three guys now. we got Tuck Tuck the Explorer, who's a two and a red for a 1-1 one, one with haste, legendary goblin. Uh, when Tuck Tuck the Explorer dies, play a legendary 5-5 five, five colorless goblin golem artifact creature token named Tuck Tuck the Returned onto the battlefield. So he dies, he creates a 5-5 artifact. Uh, yeah. This is just not powerful enough for EDH. Yeah, it's not even good enough for anything. <laughs> he's fine in the deck, actually, because he makes an artifact. Yeah, he makes an artifact. He's The only thing is that he costs three, and I, I, I just don't know. I don't know if I'm... He's good with something that. like Kiki-Jiki. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about Kiki. He's expensive. Well, actually, he's not, because... Well, actually... Well, he dies, so at the end right, of the turn... You, well, here's the thing. He's a legendary creature, so as soon as you make a copy of him with Kiki, that oh, you can choose right. the copy to die, so... You no, could. you choose the original die, makes a 5-5, five, five, then you've got a tuk-tuk, and then he dies at the end of the turn because he's uh, Kiki tokens die at the end of the turn. Right. Then you make another 5-5. Five, five. I was just thinking you just keep making the uh, the copy die so you could always keep making more tuk Oh, that's true. Actually, then you always have tuk-tuk yeah. out. But yeah. if you know that someone's going to get rid of Kiki or something, you can get two 5-5 five, five colorless goblins. You're right, though. It's better to just sacrifice the token and yeah. then do it again next turn. It, it's... Even making one 5-5 five, five per turn is just... In EDH, that's fine. It's just yeah. not game-breaking. Yeah, it's not game-breaking. Um, yeah, he's okay. I wouldn't... Let's just dismiss him. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll read Felden. Uh, nice. Felden of the Third Path. This guy's great. He's one and two red for a legendary creature, human artificer. He's a two-three. He says, pay two and a red and tap him. 
Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature card in your graveyard, except it's an artifact in addition to its other's types. It gains haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So he's... Nice. He's like Kiki-Jiki, but only for creatures in the graveyard. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he costs three to do it. Yeah, and he costs three to do it. Listen, this is totally powerful because Kiki-Jiki is one of the most powerful cards ever created. Yep. And he's doing a similar effect. And you, he wants to abuse enter the battlefield effects. Yes. It also, a lot of cards that do this kind of thing exile the card that it's copying yes. or whatever. Felden doesn't, he keeps it in there. Felden, you can copy the same thing the next turn and the next turn and mm-hmm. the next turn and the next turn. Also, it's making an artifact. There's a yeah. lot of cards in the deck that say when an artifact you control goes to the graveyard yeah. or when an artifact you control enters the battlefield or when an artifact you control or you can sacrifice artifacts you control yeah. for some effect. Well, he so, also has amazing synergy with Goblin Welder yes. because he can just switch out the token and replace it with any other with artifact. With the real thing. Yeah, with the real thing or, yeah. or anything else, really. Yeah, this is... We're going to debate it, I think, but this is my pick for who I would have front man of the deck because the recursion ability is so strong and yeah. the synergy... Is, is so strong. Uh, but I can't fault anyone for going with the next guy, so let's read him. Yeah, Doretti Scrap Savant. Uh, Planeswalker Doretti. He's three in a red. He's the, he's the big one. He's the one that comes on the box. You get the big version of him. He comes in with three loyalty points. His plus two, discard up to two cards, then draw that many cards. Not bad. It's Not bad. a pretty typical red effect. Uh, you don't get to draw anything for free. You always have to discard some stuff. But as you can see, minus two, sacrifice an artifact. If you do return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So those abilities, like uh, Nahiri's, work very well in conjunction with, you, with each other. Because you want you can... stuff in your graveyard. Yep. Yep. Um, same with Felden, of course. Uh, and his minus 10 is that you get an emblem with whenever an artifact is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return that card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. Nice. That's crazy. That is, oh, that's unbelievable. They just can never, unless they exile, they can't get rid of your artifacts. Mm-hmm. They just keep bouncing back into play. And like yeah. we said, you're It's like Marchesa get... a little bit. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It is very a Marchesa ability, except yeah. you don't even have to go the extra mile of getting a counters on him. Yeah, it just, it just comes back. It is a negative 10, and he starts at 3, though. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing as Nahiri, where it's going to take you 5 turns, can't rely and he on can't it. be touched. Yeah. yeah, it's a good ability. You just can't pick him because of that. So you have to look yeah. at the other two abilities, and I think they're strong. Uh, you think Duretti should, f- should be the general? Looking at Felden and Duretti now, I think Felden should be the general. Because he comes in with three, you get to do his most important thing, which is sacrifice an artifact and return an artifact from a graveyard to the battlefield. Felden gets to do that every turn. Now, sure, you lose the artifact and it gets sacrificed, but you don't need it to stay there necessarily. You're I mean, getting the effect. You're off getting of it. the effect, and yeah. you still and you get to choose something every turn. Jaredi uh, gets to do this once before he will not be able to because he'll be at one loyalty. That was the thing that swung it for me. If it was a plus one for him to bounce it back, or yeah. or a zero even. Then, and he could do it every turn, I would have picked him because the upside would be, well, and sometimes I get to rummage. And mm-hmm. rummage is when you discard and then draw. Yeah. Loot is when you draw and then discard. Yep. Um, and rummaging twice is very powerful, and you're right. We want things in the graveyard, so it's a powerful effect. This is a tough one. I think he's really close. Yeah. Um, I like Felden, though, yeah. both also because he costs one less to cast. Yes. Um, and there's ways to give him haste so that you could do you're it. You're in on, red. You're in haste red. Haste is going to be easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like Felden a little bit more here. Um, I think I think Doretti's could be really good in uh, more constructed formats because you're only going to be able to use them once or twice. Anyway, regardless. Anyway, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, so moving forward, we recommend Felden, but man, if you go with Doretti, I can't, I can't think you're yeah, crazy. Yeah, I can't fault you either. Yeah, it's, that he's be... also sweet, man. Yeah. What a great, great commander. And then we've got the Lieutenant Cycle. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's Tyrant's Familiar. This is an expensive one. It's five and two red, so seven total for a Dragon 5-5 five, five Flyer. Hmm. With haste, 
so that's good. It says, Lieutenant, as long as you control your commander, Tyrant's Familiar gets plus two, plus two, and has, whenever Tyrant's Familiar attacks, it deals seven damage to target creature defending player controls. Eh. This is type of effect is really strong in a regular constructive format. And yeah. in EDH, it's like, it's okay. What are you getting rid of that isn't going to piss the person off? You're not, you, you don't have the choice. I mean, you're attacking to... them, so maybe you don't care if you piss them off. Yeah. But it's just like, eh, you, you don't have the choice to do it to their face either. You know? That would be way better. Yeah. Uh, and and honestly, you're just hitting them for 12. Yeah. And what's this deck trying to do? Is it trying to swing at people and kill them in the air? No. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. And he costs seven. Yeah. Seven's just, it's just a lot for one thing. Mm-hmm. There are, like, what do we read Nomad's Assembly? That can possibly create 80 tokens over two turns. Yeah, exactly. That's how power, that costs six. Yeah. This guy costs seven, and it's like, well, he might hit you for five and kill one of your creatures. He's a dragon. Yeah. It's, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be familiar with this card in my deck. <laughs> That's for sure. The next is Volcanic Offering. And I don't know what's in the art, but it looks like it's the Hooded Hydra. It looks like a Hydra getting burned. Yeah. So it's four in a row. having some Hydra instant. kebabs. Yeah. <laughs> one co- you get eight kebabs, one for each head. <laughs> well, then when you burn them, don't, they, don't the head split again? So you get 16 Oh, kebabs. my gosh. Value. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you guys are barbecuing, just make sure you pick up some Hydra from your local Ralph's. Seriously, it doubles your money. <laughs> Volcanic Offering is four in a red for an instant. Destroy target non-basic land you don't control and target non-basic land of an opponent's choice you don't control. So your your own lands will never die. And then Volcanic Offering deals seven damage to target creature you don't control and seven damage to a target creature of an opponent's choice you don't control. Weird. Weird, A little yeah. bit weird. So it's destroy two lands that aren't yours and Deal kill seven two creatures da- that seven aren't damage, yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's like Tyrant's Familiar's text on Volcanic Offering, essentially. Well, the seven damage. The seven damage bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it just doesn't jive with anything this deck wants to yeah, do. Yeah, and it make it creates hate. <laughs> it's true because both people that got their land destroyed, they're not going to be like, "Oh, you destroyed my land," and the other guy's going to be like, "But that other player destroyed." No, you played yeah. the card. Like, yeah, you just exactly. chose my land. But like, yeah, I I don't know this card. Like, unless you're playing some sort of dedicated land destruction strategy, which this only destroys two lands, is still probably not all that worth it. But yeah. I don't know this card. Um. Maybe there's a place for it in some deck, but it's not this one right now. Yeah, I think if you're going for a really aggro red deck, I think this could be really good. Uh, we're trying to maybe clear off the board or, I don't know, wipe the board. I, I don't know. I, I just can't see this doing too well, especially when you're, you're you're in a deck that has artifacts and not as many creatures. You're not going to be able to defend yourself against someone that swings against you for you know making them pissed off or whatever. It just doesn't do that much. Yeah. I mean, like the green one. Has the chance to create a twenty twenty creature and twenty one one elves. For yeah, you. <laughs> this one destroys two lands and maybe kills two creatures. Yeah, I think in terms of maybe, and you don't even get to pick all of them. Maybe, maybe this is good because you pissed people off the least. I guess. <laughs> no, I guess. you're destroying a land. No one's yeah. gonna like you for that. Land destruction draws more hate. Like, but the interesting thing here is though that your your opponent gets to choose whose other land gets wrecked. Right. So they could bring on themselves a lot of hate. I guess, but you still played the card, so you'll still get a little of it. Yeah. I just think, like, let's say the card said was the same exact ca- costing, casting cost. So it's four and a red for mm-hmm. an instant, and it said destroy two non-basic lands and deal seven damage to two different creatures. Oh, that'd be amazing. It'd be good, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be ridiculous. Yeah. It'd be but fine. The fact that you get to do two and you get to do seven damage to two things by yourself is That's great. what it does, but you just only get to pick half of the targets. <laughs> 
I just think even if you got to pick all the targets, it's still like only okay. It's it's not like crazy. Yeah. It's 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 fine. I don't know. Yeah. I would look to be taking both the familiar and the offering out of this deck. They just don't go with the theme. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about the best cards. Okay. This oh, one's my favorite. I cards. play them in every... Uh, so good. Yeah. Every time I change my red deck around a little bit, this guy, I look at him like, you will never leave this deck. <laughs> Goblin Welder. One red for a 1-1. One, one. Goblin Artificer. Similar to Felden. He's an Artificer as well. Uh, tap him. Choose target artifact a player controls and target artifact card in that player's graveyard. If both targets are still legal as this ability resolves, that player simultaneously sacrifices the artifact and returns the artifact card to the graveyard. So they add a little bit of text here saying if yeah. both targets are le- still legal as this ability resolves. So someone could you know use a scavenging ooze and get rid of a card in, in their life. You could always do that before, yeah, but it's exactly. just clarifying. Basically, you take one an artifact in play and an artifact in the graveyard and you swap them. Yeah. And you either choose yourself to do that or another player to do yeah. that. And, and you choose all the targets, even if it's another player. So you mm-hmm. can, somebody's got a really powerful artifact in play and a weak one in the graveyard, you just go boom. You can also do it in instant speed. So yeah. you can sort of like hose them. Like they make a bunch of tokens, drop a coat of arms. You yeah. all of a sudden put that coat of arms in the graveyard and bring out a soul ring, which does nothing. And all their guys that were just nine tens are now zero ones. Yep. You can do that. But the best way to use it is on your own stuff. On your own stuff, because you know you're going to be putting uh, artifact cards in your graveyard. And the fact that you can do it to an opponent and really just hose them on a really powerful artifact is incredibly awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's a little too dependent to always rely on that being sort of like the go-to of this card. It's just a really nice option. Um, otherwise, Goblin Welder does uh, what Duretti kind of does, where you get to sacrifice an artifact and replace it with another one. It's broken, because it's, it's broken. another cheat the mana cost Mm-hmm. thing so you can be i played an artifact that costs one and i'm going to swap it with something that costs seven yep you know that's just cheating mana cost most broken thing you can do yeah um and like we said with felden uh he makes an artifact card he could be bringing a creature that's an artifact and it's going to die anyway with the goblin loader you can just swap it out with another artifact a real artifact or the artifact yeah. you copied originally also yeah. if you have two artifacts and both have enter the battlefield effects you can just swap them for each other every turn mm-hmm. and just like get, solemn simulacrum yeah get solemn yeah. simulacrum and anything else with the enter the battlefield effect well solemn simulacrum has a leave the battlefield, leave the battlefield, effect, battlefield too. effect too yeah and so every turn you're just like i swap the solemn for this other thing and then i swap the thing for the solemn and then i swap the solemn for the mm-hmm. thing and you can just rotate your end of the battlefield and leave the battlefield effect and felden's making a copy of it too just for giggles yep. and yeah. it's just pure value and yeah. goblin welder doesn't cost any mana to do it that's the crazy thing mm-hmm. it's one red to cast him and then you just tap him to do it yeah, this card is amazing. Yeah, it's it's definitely my favorite reprint. Uh, I'm so glad to see it in here, because um, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, Freaking the next great. one, this is a big one. Worm Coil Engine. Nice. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, yeah. This was a what thirty dollar card or so. Yeah, I think it was like twenty or something, and now it's steadily decreasing. Oh yeah, of um, course. Because the foil versions aren't, but of course, you know yeah. that makes sense. But it, it's it's that expensive because it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's uh, six mana for a six six worm. It's an artifact. Has Death Touch and Life Link. When it dies, it basically splits into two 3-3 three, three creatures. One has lifelink, one has death touch. Yep. It's, and the tokens, you get the tokens with the deck, too, and the tokens are actually worth something, too, because yeah, they the were tokens, hard to attain. Yeah, that's... Actually, yeah, the tokens were worth quite a bit. Yeah. So I'm, they're probably going to decline, too. But, okay, so you got Solemn Simulacrum and Worm Coil Engine. Oh, my gosh. And one's in the graveyard, and you got Goblin Welder. And so every turn, you make two 3-3... Three, three, Fetch a land and draw a card. Yeah. <laughs> that's the type of stuff. And also with Felden... If Warm Coil Engine is in the graveyard, mm-hmm. you can make a 3 3 Life Linker and a 3 3 Death Toucher every turn. Every turn, yeah. Just boom, 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 boom. Like, yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's broken. not broken. It's broken. It's ridiculously broken. <laughs> um, it's value, is what it is. Yeah. Ooh. It's just free. 
reoccurring value. Those don't cost you cards to do it. You can do that every turn for in addition to whatever cards you're drawing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we like this guy. Uh, we've talked about the card Fork before on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, Dual Caster Mage is Fork defin- on a stick. Fork on a stick for one more mana. It's one and two red, so three total for a 2-2 Human Wizard with Flash. When Dual Caster Mage enters the battlefield, copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell, you may choose new targets for the copy. So you can use the counter spell. You can use it to double something up. You can do it at flash speed. It's an instant for three. The counter a counter spell thing. I think people haven't thought about this. You have felled if you have um, uh, Felden out. Mm-hmm. It's now two and a red to counter a counter spell. Oh yeah. As long as dual casters in your graveyard. Yep. Because you do it at instant speed. You know you make the copy of them. He pops out, copies their counter. You counter their counter. Ugh. Yeah, or any other cool instance or sorceries anybody casts. Like, hey, I want to take two extra turns. Shoot, I want to take two Shoot, extra turns. Shoot, me too, yeah. Yeah, like this card is crazy because EDH is just full of like huge game-breaking instance and sorcery stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not just do you get to do him, use his ability, you get to reoccurring, reoccur it with Felden like yeah. once he's dead as many times as you want. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's just really powerful. It does everything you want to do, especially because red can't really counter that much. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of maybe like I don't know, power blasting a blue spell, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, you true. don't want to run. Fork, forks the way to do yeah, it. Forks the yeah, forks the the best way to do it. And dual caster mage is like an, a redundant way of doing it that you can recur with Felden specifically. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so really cool. I like this guy a lot. Yeah, and I think they've been talking about him as like powerful enough to maybe play in Legacy and oh some yeah, other I can see that happening. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the last one we've talked about before, I'll hit it really quick, though, because it is amazing, is Chaos Warp. It's only ever been printed in Commander, so uh, and it for it is great. It's great. Um, every red deck pretty much needs to have this. Yeah. As, mono red, anyway. It's a tuna red for an instant. The owner of target permanent shuffles, shuffles it into his or her library, then reveals the top card of the library, and if it's a permanent, puts it into play. Right. Second part, not as important, because... A it, lot of times it's a land. It's rare... Even if it doesn't become something you want it to be, it's going to be probably better for you. It's not going to be their commander, it's not, probably. Yeah, it's it's going to be better for you than whatever you sent into their their yeah. library. I, I mean, you're literally playing this because the thing is going to kill you or severely hurt you. Yeah. And so the thing that they get, maybe it's a creature, maybe it's a land, maybe it's artifact, an artifact. Enchantment, whatever. It's just probably... It, the likelihood that it's a silver bullet against your deck is pretty low. Yeah, so, exactly. And this is a really good way to tuck somebody else's general which is super powerful we've talked about it Mm -hmm. uh but red just can't do it except for this one card yeah and chaos warp is that card so and you can dual caster mage it and do two things holy crap look at that and (laughs) it's target permanent too that's the best thing it's not non-land you can address anything so all right exciting let's talk about the the bad 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 worst cards ruby medallion i'm interested why did you put ruby Medallion? because there's 37 artifacts in the deck aha (laughs) so these there's the medallion cycle uh-huh. and they're good in all the decks because the medallion cycle basically says it, it it's there's one for each color and it says spells of that color cost one uh colorless less to cast and they're really good they're they're great in all the monocolored decks um this deck is actually like more artifacts than it is red spells yeah so you're playing a spell that reduces the casting cost by one of something like 35 percent of your spells it's just not worth it to me. Yeah, I, agree. I would rather have a Mana Rock, a Thrawn Dynamo. We talk about that card all the time. It should be in all these. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd rather have a lot of things than something that conditionally ramps me. You know, it's just not going to touch more than half of my spells. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't like it in this deck. Only in this deck. Exactly. And I'd rather replace it with a card like Cage Sun or something that oh, yeah. or that makes makes you, more mana. more mana or your mix. Yeah, you're, yeah. Cage so. Sun effectively reduces the casting cost of your artifacts also cuz Yes. Yeah. yeah. This just if you cast an artifact spell, this does nothing for it you. Does nothing, yeah. Yeah. Uh Word of Seizing. Uh, I, I I looked at this card when I was trying to make um, my, Chessa, my right? Chessa deck. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good card. It just doesn't fit in this deck. It doesn't fit in the deck. It's three and two red for a threat and effect, um, which means you get to steal someone's creature. It's an instant with split second, so it's on the stack. You can't People can't counter it, essentially. The uh, fact that it's instant makes it slightly unique. It mm-hmm. makes it uh, a ray of command rather than a threaten. Yeah, because threatens usually cost like three mana and for a sorcery speed. Yeah, yeah. so five so you, mana, split second, instant. The good thing is like somebody can attack you with two creatures. You can steal one, untap it, block it. Block it, yeah. Block their own thing with their own thing and kill both sometimes. That's great and constructed. In our format, one for oneing is not, or even two for oneing is just yeah. not that great. And if you're playing tokens, like, oh, I steal a token. Yeah, it doesn't Woo. do anything against like decks going wide. It doesn't yeah. really do anything against Voltron decks because you know they are usually not concerned. You can't block that thing. Yeah, or they have hexproof. So yeah, exactly. So you can't steal the thing attacking you, and usually can't steal another creature to block it. Yeah. And you're usually just not like one creature attacking away from killing everybody. Yeah. You know, so every once in a while somebody's got a what's that scourge of uh scourge of the throne? Yeah, and and if you took that you get to a combat phase and I'm yeah. not saying you could never use this card. I'm just saying it's just going to be lucky whether it does anything awesome or whether it does something that's sort of like... Wah, wah, wah. Agreed, yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you haven't figured it out, you untap a target permanent and you gain control of it till end of turn and it gains haste. Oh, yeah, so, sorry. We didn't expand the threatened part. Yeah. Yeah. You steal somebody's stuff for one turn. The instant thing is what makes it better than normal, but yeah. it's just yeah. not doing anything this deck cares about. Yep. Uh, the next card I'm not really in love with or we're not really in love with is Bitter Feud. Yeah. It's four and a red for an enchantment. It seems interesting. This might go in my chaos deck. As Bitter Feud <laughs> enters the battlefield, choose two players. If a source controlled by one of those players would deal damage to the other, or a permanent either player controls, that source deals damage, double that damage instead. So it basically doubles any damage anything they're doing does yeah. to the other guy's stuff. It's, it's like Gisela a little bit. It's an interesting card because what it's trying to do is is create enemies out of two players. Yeah. You know, it's creating a bitter feud. Yeah, as the card would tell you. Yeah, it's 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 like okay, I'm gonna incite these two to attack each other because they basically get double the effect anytime they do anything to each other. Mm-hmm. What this is really gonna do is be is make people because it's not subtle. Yeah, it's so not they're gonna be like, hey, jerk! I know what you're trying to do. Let's both kill that guy. Yeah, and they'll, exactly. They'll be like, you're creating unlikely allies yeah. out of these two people instead. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just gonna happen a lot of the time. I just think it's too yeah. obvious. It's too like it's just not a yeah, subtle. Yeah, it's too card. on the nose, huh? It just isn't likely to work all that often. Uh, and again, it's not doing anything that the deck really cares about. It's yeah. I, basically if it doesn't have to do with artifacts in some way or enter the battlefield effects. I just would take it out of this deck. Like this deck yeah. is very streamlined as one it wants to do, and you know, trimming fat like this is you know one of the ways to make it just even better. Definitely, incite rebellion four and two red for a sorcery for each player. Incite rebellion deals damage to that player and each creature that player controls equal to the number of creatures he or she controls. It's good against token decks. Sort of. It's sort sorcery. Of. If yeah. it was instant. Now, Rakdos Charm is good against token yep. decks. Yep, I was just going to say Rakdos Charm. It's instant in it, so they go, I play 100 tokens, and usually they have something, so they have haste. Mm-hmm. So you can go, in response, kill them right then. This oh, card kill a lo- you right then. Yeah, kill, kill the player I mean, yeah. right then. Yeah, this card, a lot of times, they're going to, 
you're going to be waiting for it. You're going to be like, I have this card. And as oh, soon as... Oh, I can't as, wait to drop this yeah, bomb. And, and they're going to go infinite with Kiki-Jiki, and I'm going <laughs> to wait. Nope, sorcery. Doesn't help me. Yeah, or like, oh, someone board wiped. I guess this card is dead in my hand. Yeah. Because... I mean, like, here's the thing. It'll do one damage to everybody and one damage to all the creatures. Yeah. Like, and not to mention, it'll also do it to yourself. So it, it, it is even more conditional because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. And it's expensive. I'd rather be casting something totally sweet at that point. You know what I mean? Totally. All okay. right. Let's talk about some cards you might add. My favorite part, uh, because I just, I, I can't wait. Also, we did, of course. build this deck. Yeah. We did a, uh, a Kiki-Jiki deck breakdown. So... You can go ahead and check out that podcast. Let's talk about that really quick. They're, they, they're outside of our $5 rule, so mm-hmm. you know it's it's not for everybody, but Kiki, oh, yeah, Kiki, Kiki and himself. Splinter Twin, both yeah. uh, really good in this deck because you're going to be stacking a lot of Enter the Battlefield and Leave the Battlefield effects, mm-hmm. and those both take advantage of both of those things. Yep. So just copying Solemn Simulacrum is like pretty great. Pretty great. So And Warm Coil Engine, pretty great. Like Those cards just fit right in with what the deck wants to do. Now, they're expensive. Yeah. You know, they're $20 plus or whatever. So you don't have to have those cards to make this deck quite a bit better. I'm just saying, if you do or you want to go get them, they're really good choices. Yeah. Okay. And Kiki can be your commander as well. Right. Although, I think... Shoot, Kiki's always good as your commander. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Felden's be better Kiki. in this deck, but I don't know if he is. Felden's better in this deck, I think, because you're. it's specifically about binning artifacts. Kiki doesn't care about what's in your graveyard. Kiki there doesn't want... There are some... In some ways, it is more powerful to be able to copy something in your graveyard, mm-hmm. um, just because that's where an opponent tries to send something to, to sort of yeah. Like and oh. in general, it's a lot less touchable than something on your battlefield. Yeah, I mean, not that people don't run graveyard hate, it's but they run a lot more battlefield hate than yeah. they do graveyard hate. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, you want to read the first one? Oh, you go for it. It's your choice. Okay. Uh, Copper gnomes. They're cute. They're cute. It's uh, two mana for a 1-1 one, one artifact creature. It says, pay four, sacrifice copper gnomes, choose an artifact card in your hand, and put it into play. Cheating. Cheating stuff into play. Always good. Not to mention, this guy can come back and do it again next turn. Yep, because you can just Felden him. Yep. And then Felden's ready. Do whatever you want. Yep. Or, uh, yeah. It's just cheating stuff into play. Cheating stuff into play. Yeah. Always nice awesome. Nice utility. Um, helps you get something also out uh way earlier i mean if you just put a dark steel colossus into play on turn four light steel either oh my gosh yeah yeah, sorry blight steel colossus into play on turn four um you win yeah it's just really hard that early in the game for i mean you're at least killing somebody yeah you're definitely killing you're probably killing two people so maybe the third guy could figure out an answer by the time (laughs) yeah you know or maybe he's just shaking in the corner don't kill me (laughs) don't do it please (laughs) uh my card uh crark clan ironworks four drop artifact sacrifice an artifact add two to your mana pool yep so you can sacrifice itself as well um this is just a great way to also excel do the same thing getting stuff out for cheaper ramp ramp, ramp. um especially if you don't really care if the artifact needs to be there or not you know in fact a lot of times you would rather it was in the graveyard so mm-hmm. this is a good way to get things there you know that happens in funnily enough with decks like this where it's just like you have a general and it affects things in the graveyard and you're like Man, I just need something to get my cards into that graveyard so I can use them with my general. Yeah. So that's exactly. A, this is you get you not only do that but you get an upside which is two more mana. Yeah. Um, um, Astronaut's Altar is a similar along those lines. It only works for creatures, yeah. but when well, you've got ways to make creatures in this yep. deck too, which is nice because I think every deck actually has token abilities, which is uh-huh. kind of cool. Oh yeah, you've got Mirror Battlesphere, you've got Warm Coil Engine, you've mm-hmm. got guys that make go- goblins. Thopter assembly or yeah. whatever. So yeah. you can make a lot of tokens, make a lot of mana. 
put out huge broken things. Yeah. All right, Scarecrow and three-drop artifact creature Scarecrow. I don't know how many Scarecrows there are in the Magic Universe. <laughs> it's a 1-2. You can pay one to sacrifice a Scarecrow, draw a card, or you can pay four and tap uh, the card to return target artifact creature card from your graveyard to play. Seems good. Seems good. Yep. Lots of utility. You can uh, Felden him back out and return another guy back out with him. You can return himself out with his self. <laughs> return himself out with himself, yeah. Yeah, that's some English for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a card I like called Mycosynth Lattice. Oh, yeah, this, guy, this guy's great. It's an interesting card. It's uh, six mana for an artifact. It says all permanents are artifacts in addition to their other types. Hmm. All cards that aren't in play, spells, and permanents are colorless. Players may spend mana as though it were mana of any color. So what this does is it turns everybody's stuff and the cards in their library and the cards in their hand into artifacts. Yep. So you have all these cards that affect artifacts, and now you can affect all this stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to touch. Anything that yeah. says destroy an artifact or swap an artifact or any of that stuff. Like Goblin Welder becomes godly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because now you can affect everyone's board. Yeah. And you can just swap their best stuff for whatever the worst thing in their graveyard is like yeah. all the time. Like it's it's a it's a really good card in this deck. Um, and you might be running some artifact removal stuff because you already have another card in the deck called Liquid Metal, Co- Liquid Metal Coating. Right. Which turns one thing into an artifact. But this turns everything. Everything, yeah. I mean, Cards in the library and artifacts. Like, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Everyone's deck is yeah. pretty insane. Um, I also like Mind Slaver, six drop, legendary artifact. Tap oh, four yeah. and tap it. Sacrifice Mind Slaver. You control target players next turn. And the fact that you can recur it with Felden is I just broken. keep doing it. Yeah. yeah, I'll take your next turn. Oh, I'll take your, take your next, next turn. turn. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll take your next. I turn. I think Mind Slaver is best in EDH when you're able to bring it back, and this deck gives you so it's many. It's best options. in modern when you're allowed, when you're able to bring it yeah, back. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so it's just using it once can sometimes win the game but using it three or four times almost always wins the game yeah exactly you can just create so much havoc as well across the table you can just attack stupidly block stupidly you yeah know, do all kinds of stuff yeah it's it's great um a card i thought people may not consider and uh i don't know if it's amazing but i just wanted to put it on there because i love this card and it mm-hmm. might be good is molten psyche uh-huh. And we talked about it before for the Nekusar deck. It basically makes everybody discard their hand and draw that many cards. Yeah. But if you have Metalcraft, which means you have three graveyards in, or three artifacts in play, which you will, yep. Um, then everybody takes as damage equal to the amount of cards they've drawn that turn. Right. So you can just pump it up and have them take a lot. And you have Dual Caster Mage mm-hmm. already in the deck, and you're probably going to want to put Fork and some things like that in there. You can really make people take, you know, all of a sudden take 22 damage from this one card. Right. So, it's, um, and then be forced to discard all those cards. And it's a card draw card for you. And, yeah. you know, this this red is just, that's one of their biggest weaknesses is card draw. And red and white, definitely. Red's version of card draw is usually Wheel of Time or um, Wheel of Fortune type stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and Molten Psyche is a Wheel of Fortune type effect. So it, it covers you in a few areas. I would look at that card. I'm not guaranteeing it's awesome in the deck, but think yeah. about it. Well, that's why I like Memory Jar for oh, the yeah. same very reason. Yep. Six, uh, five drop artifacts, sac- tap it to sacrifice it. Each player sets aside his or her hand face down and draws seven cards. At end of the turn, each player discards his or her hand and returns to his or her hand each card he or she set aside this way. It's doing a lot of things the deck wants. It's doing an artifact. It's going to the graveyard. It's also making you draw cards and then discard them and yeah. putting more cards in the graveyard that you can use with Felden. And the best thing is is you do this on your turn. Yep. And everyone, pretty much, they draw seven fresh cards that they can't really do anything with. They Hopefully, can only play their instants, and they really can only play their instants that they have mana for right now. Yeah. Hopefully they bin like crappy artifacts so you can Goblin Wall. <laughs> yeah, why not? Too, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the fact that you can recur it. Uh, Red just needs card draw. This is a way to get a bunch of cards in your hand and then just dish them out again. Um, 
Another card I like, Dark Steel Forge. Ah, yes. It makes all of your artifacts indestructible. Very important. Super important because then you can do crazy stuff like Navinural's Disc every turn. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. That's insane. Yeah, or Jockle Hops. Don't say that word to me. Jockle Hops. Don't say that word to me. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want that word in my life. Don't say that. That's just, if you go deep with Darksteel Forge and you can figure out some two ways to tutor and find effects like that, make uh-huh. all your stuff uh, indestructible, there's just powerful things you can do with that. And also just having your worm coil engines be indestructible. Like, you can still sacrifice them on your own, but yeah. But then all the tokens are indestructible. Like, Darksteel Forge can get pretty crazy. It can get pretty wonky and yeah. crazy. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um I have a rules question. Mm-hmm. If you flicker something when it comes back into the battlefield, does it have summoning sickness? Yes. Gotcha. So yeah. you have to be, have a haste Because But you're in red. Yeah, if there's just some way to, to, yeah, to flicker uh, Felden a bunch, mm-hmm. that way you could just keep popping untap. new stuff out. And Well, there's a lot of artifacts that untap creatures mm-hmm. uh, or untap creatures with a tap ability, right. which he has with an activated ability. So look those up. I think that's totally... They are artifacts also. Oh, So great. they're great in your deck. And being able to use Felden twice in a turn is Pretty crazy. powerful, yeah. So I think Dual Caster Mage with Felden being used twice in a turn can <sighs> be game-winning. Because yeah. you can just... If one of your... How often is one other player casting a spell that's going to win them the game? But you go, well, instead of that, I'm going to cast that spell three times. Yeah. And now I... You know, now you not only do you not win, you just made me win. <laughs> yeah i think dual caster mage is super powerful and wait can you does felden grab spells though no felden grabs dual caster mage oh right that's from right. your graveyard yeah, then you yeah, untap yeah, him yeah, use gotcha. him again in the same turn cast another dual caster mage untap him use him again cast another, another dual, dual caster, caster mage, mage. Yeah. copy something two three times Jeez. somebody goes oh i'm gonna take two extra turns i'll take six <laughs> <laughs> like that that's the kind of thing pretty sure you win yeah, I think having a, a way to untap um, Felden a couple of times is is really strong in this. Deck. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's a good that's a good start. Yeah, uh, get the mana rocks in there. Get your guild lotuses and throw get down some the card mouse. draw, mind's eye stuff like that. Because yep. also like winds of change, um, right? Uh, Wheel of fortune type of effects for card draw are good too. Yeah. and uh, this deck looks amazing. Yeah, I think this deck has the. It starts off with some of the strongest cards and also has the ability to become the strongest yeah. through some It's tweaks. definitely the highest value, too, as far as what, yeah. the, what the cards are themselves are worth. So, yeah. you know, if that matters to you, that's a good reason to go after mm-hmm. it, too. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to see in this red deck a lot. I want more Steel Hellkites. Steel Hellkites. We didn't talk about it. That's another just crazy card. Look it up. It's it's great. Yeah. You can... I mean, have you ever had an opponent that has, like, four enchantments that are all just busted? They all And they all cost three? Yeah. <laughs> they always all cost three. Yeah. No, or yeah, some you artifacts. have had that opponent. It was me. Yeah. Sometimes you play Steel Hellkite, and you can literally just shut somebody out. You just, ah, mm-hmm. uh, destroy your stuff, and then... Which is like, the what's guy. the one thing I want to kill the most? Okay, those. I'm going to pay that much mana. Yep. And Sorry. a lot of times, it's only three mana, and then just boom. Yep. You got no board state. Hey, at least Felden can bring it back, too, if it dies. That's true. Hee <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get some haste enablers in there too. Hammer, perforos, and those kind of things. Yeah. Oh, Felden gives haste to the thing he makes, though. True. So, true, true. just like Kiki. But yeah, I think haste is important for a lot of reasons. Anger. Uh, yeah. You want to be able to cast Felden later and use him right away, too. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anger is a gimme. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Um, okay. That's it. Those are the next two. We're going to go over Mono Blue, which is the last one mm-hmm. on uh, the next episode. 
And then we're going to play all these decks as well next Tuesday and see how they do out of the box. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. We're, we're not going to change them like we've been talking about. We're actually just going to take them out of the box, mm-hmm. get five people, and just play one game. Hopefully, we can have some new perspectives on some cards that we either th- work the way that we thought they did or didn't, um, and we'll see. And we'll try and bring in Craig as well because he is our mono blue expert. He has two mono blue EDH decks. Uh, let's not talk about those. Two either. among his like 40 EDH decks. Yeah. Uh, I call red. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just kidding, dude. You can have it. I thought you, should, you would want blue of all the colors. You, you I was just like, the look on his face. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> you know, the thing is, I play red so much, I really wouldn't care if I played something else, but I call red. Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. Your face was like, wait, what? <laughs> you caught me out. You caught me out. I had no idea that was coming. Uh, Good Check play, out the Josh. MM cast, Masters of Modern, That's our right. sister podcast. Uh, we talked about a lot. Glenn's not on there anymore, but... Um, Alex has found a new co-host in yep. Benjamin Bateman, who is also on Top Decking, and uh, he's been around for a long time. He's played a lot of Magic. He knows what's up as well. Yeah, so check that out, yeah. and uh, we will see you guys next time. Take care. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later. Alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.